am your host, Leah Sarapier, and welcome to my podcast, Peer Med. I'm a Canadian medical student, human rights, global health, and social justice advocate, and just an ordinary human being. Peer Med's podcast is not affiliated nor part of any organization or foundation. Peer Med's mission is serving humanity, connecting people, stories, and places. It is a platform that gives a voice to the voiceless, an ear to the helpless, and seeks to empower youth, physicians, and leaders far and wide. On our last episode, I spoke about humility as a virtue within medicine guiding individual authenticity. Reiterated was that humility sets the tone for improvement. It teaches us to look inwards and extend a hand free of prejudice or stereotype. In being true to ourselves, humility inspires us to be beautiful. And being beautiful means being no copycat. If you haven't listened to episode 4, please do so. And if you have, do send in your feedback. This podcast is about connecting us both and making our interactions as speaker and listener more meaningful. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of being in conversation with a former colleague and friend, Mr. Michael Mudo. He is a soon-to-be graduate of Concordia University, retaining his Bachelor's of Arts degree with a major in political science and a minor in law and society. He specializes in electoral politics within Canada and the United States, and keeps up to date with political news globally. As an Italian Quebecer, Michael embraces diversity and is open to hearing other views and opinions. He is passionate about the role politics plays in our everyday lives and hopes to lead Canadians in the future. Often admired by his peers for his political projections and strong opinions, Michael is a political scientist, speaker and leader. We will be discussing political action in medicine, especially during this pandemic, and talking about the interconnected nature of these two sectors of society. Please put your hands together to welcome Mr. Michael Mudo on Pyramids episode five. Hello, Michael, are you there? Hello, how are you? I'm good, and you? Oh, good, well, first of all, I'd like to at least to say thank you for having me on your podcast to everyone that's listening right now i obviously recommend to everybody like subscribe and share this podcast it's a lot of great stuff i've been listening to every podcast since and you could all have the joy of doing that as well so i'm really happy to be here leah thank you for having me i would like to at least open up with a very important quote that i found said by rudolf virtro a german uh, physician anthropologist and a politician and what we're about to talk about in this podcast is pretty much going to sum it all up from this quote i'm about to say So as I hear it right now, here's the quote that's about to be presented. Medicine is a social science and politics is nothing else but medicine on a large scale. Medicine as a social science, as the science of human beings, has the obligation to point out problems and to attempt their theoretical solution. The politician is the practical anthropologist who must find the means for the actual solution. The physicians are the natural attorneys of the poor and social problems fall to a large extent 
within their jurisdiction. So what we're about to pretty much talk about pretty much sums up this quote entirely. Of- Previous episodes of PureMed have focused on virtues in medicine. This one particularly tackles the question of action. Michael, politics and medicine, how are they intertwined? Well, they're intertwined in many ways, but if I want to just go back to that quote, we could see how they are intertwined. If I want to really follow up his quote, he said politics is pretty much medicine on a large scale. So as we can see how medicine and them intertwine, but in my personal opinion, how they intertwine is at the end of the day, in all of our sectors of government and everything, I believe health and medicine is the most important factor because the most important thing is human health and human life. So in order for that to function, you need someone of a higher power, in this case, the government, to give funds and to give access and to give all these lab workers and all these doctors all the tools and resources they need to fully develop and fully flourish our planet and help humans' needs in society. So you basically need, you basically need both. Obviously, medicine is the most important, but you do need politics, obviously, because you need these people to support people right now. One thing you have to give credit right now is, well, a good example was of the virus, which we will probably speak about later. Very quickly, I'll just say we could see how the government is obviously giving aid, ventilators, and any form of medical equipment and all that to help people in the world right now. So we could argue, right? I would argue at least medicine is politics and politics is medicine. And it kind of goes back to the quote I just mentioned before. And I think a lot of it has to do also with policy. Policy is required to be put in place so that medicine can abide by those rules and regulations. And physicians have to meet those objectives to know if they're following the book in terms of like principles and diagnostic tools and treatment procedures. And absolutely. And then you obviously have like in Canada, you have the House of Parliament in the US, you know, and all everything all those things, you're going to have to pass bills, obviously, that could go towards these, as you just mentioned. So you always got to have politicians that will be passing some sort of bills or laws to obviously help the healthcare system and everything that's going on right now. So I think that's really important. And we obviously need that in our society. And so, Michael, what I'm getting from you is that politics and medicine are so connected that to imagine a world without these two in interacting with each other is just virtually impossible. Oh, absolutely. If we don't have both of these factors in play, our society would fail because if medicine goes on its own, yeah, it could work. But the problem is, is for these physicians and these people that test to do all these things, in order for you to have that, you need support from the government. And most importantly, the support is something in the form of money, because in order to do these tests and all that, it's obviously not free. You need all these funds. And that's when the government gives you those funds to go pursue that and obviously aim to benefit human society. So, so you can't Michael, have your own. Yeah. So Michael, Go while ahead. we on this note, what has Canada done to integrate politics into this entire pandemic situation? Have they come up with any kind of benefit plan? What's the deal? Um, well, obviously right now in Canada with everything going on, there's a lot of things going on. Well, if you want to go, if we're going down a certain route, if we're going down the medicine route, you could obviously see how Trudeau has said in many press conferences, you know, we have a lot of masks that are coming in. We have a lot of ventilators that are being produced and we're doing all these forms of forms and measures to speed up the healthcare system to get everybody tested. So you can see just at least from the face of the prime minister and from other premiers like Francois Legault and Doug Ford, you can see how they're really pushing the medical field to really get everything under control. So they're pushing for more orders of ventilators, they're pushing for more masks. Like you can see they're really moving right now. So you can see how 
imagine we never had a government right now in the whole world. How would we solve this situation without any forms of power to give authorization and access to these resources? That is true. Yeah. And Canada has also come up with the CERB. Yes. Would you, what does that stand for? Well, that's the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit Program. And that's basically how anybody right now that's been affected by COVID-19 have been temporarily laid off because of this virus. So every Canadian right now is roughly getting $2,000 a month to make up for the lost work they just got. So I obviously think it's really important for, it benefits certain people and it doesn't benefit others. For example, if it benefits someone that lives at home and they don't really pay bills, like this $2,000 a month for them is great. But if it's someone, for example, like a single mother who's in charge of paying the rent and everything in the house, $2,000 is definitely not gonna be um, sufficient enough. So at the end of the day, there's always some pros and cons to everything that comes out in policies and implementations from the government. That is true. So how would, how would health be defined politically? Mm, that's a really interesting question, how health would be defined politically. I'm not quite sure how to say it, but you know, politically, you know, health is, I would say, if I'm a, a politician now, if I'm looking at health, I look at it as, as resources, I look at it as survival for humans, and I look at it as, a, as testing for the future. For, I look at health in general as benefit for humans. Because at the end of the day, if I'm the politician and I'm looking at the health sector, I look at it as in, I want to give money to these health sectors because at the end of the day, there's so many people that are always in and out of hospitals. There's always so many people that are like uh, suffering right now health-wise. So exactly. I look at it as in, I want to give access to these help. I want to help people. I want to, you know, have more true. hospitals, built, Very true, have Michael. more equipment, you know, so yeah. just want to make sure that. So basically politicians are leaders and so they must create ideas and carry these policies forward. So Absolutely in that manner they would be focused on making sure the population's needs and resources are met and in Absolutely. that way and if yeah and if like looking. i said if you don't have that you're in trouble so we need both and we need both to play their role here 100 percent. so what is action in medicine well action in medicine is basically uh, from a political aspect is the action you take in medicine i know it sounds quite like as a foolish corny remark to make but if you look at it from the long-term perspective, it makes total sense because, again, I'm going to go back to this virus thing going on right now. Look at the political action that's being taken in medicine right now. Before this whole thing happened, like, yeah, you know, you always have bills and stuff being passed, but it hasn't been as, like, forceful as it has been now. Like, for example, now when I'm watching television, I'm seeing people speak. We could see how fast the political intervention is coming into the medicine world because you see every day we have the prime minister and the president speaking in briefings on how important we need ventilators, how important we need masks, how important we're going to make these um, certain policies for Canadians and Americans to benefit them. So we can see how action from the political world has just impacted the medicine completely because now we just have so many people focused on this medicine aspect. Definitely. We have Canadians that watch this every day like I do, Americans that watch this every day. So it is also a good thing because it's also not giving people the knowledge now what's going on from the political aspect with regards to medicine, the virus and action. And that's very true. But also speaking from a medical point of view, I think it's really important for physicians to possess the characteristics of a politician, not 100% to say that they should be like Donald Trump or Justin Trudeau, but to have these skills that 
give them the ability to advocate for causes and in being able to advocate they need they have in the past few weeks advocated for the need for personal protective equipment the need for masks ventilators and if we look at the situation happening now in new york it is disastrous there's been over yeah. 5.4 thousand deaths in new york alone from covid 19. Yeah. and if those physicians didn't advocate for the stuff and the equipment that they need there wouldn't be any action taken by the premier of new york absolutely so that goes on to the next question i have for you is that why should healthcare professionals participate in the election process oh well that's very important because at the end of the day healthcare officials whatever you want to describe them as at the end of the day they are canadian and american citizens first you are you are considered a physician and healthcare officials, but at the end of the day, you're the most important thing, which is a human being and a Canadian and American citizen. And in my personal opinion, from all my courses I've learned at university, I believe it is so important that everybody should be having some at least basic knowledge of what's going on in the political world of your country. So with regards to healthcare officials, I think it's absolutely really important they're staying up to date with the political information. Because if it's a if it's a physician right now on the front line. They need information from their premier of Quebec, premier of Ontario, or they need their prime minister or president to implement some measures and they need to watch this. So watch it so they could see how this is going to impact their work right now and what they need to do to save human lives. That is true. And that's, so that's number one. And I want to at least give a, at least a lot of credit because when I'm, I don't really have any social media. So, but when I'm looking on Twitter and I'm looking on some posts made by the president, the prime minister, you could actually see some physicians and doctors commenting in the um, in those posts made by the president and prime minister so i see that as a good thing how there's actually doctors you know they're they're following this which we already know they are but it's nice to at least see in tweets and all that stuff that they're actually commenting like you can actually see how they're taking action exactly action they're committing to change and so yeah. i think that particularly in this episode talking about political intervention in medicine it's having that balance of a life lived between the political sphere and the public sphere as well as a sphere dedicated to servicing people and citizens Absolutely. so now michael not to deviate from the topic of medicine but i i know you're passionate about politics so let's talk about politics here <laughs> yes so political projection, your political projection anticipated Bernie Sanders dropping out. And just yesterday at 11 a.m., he had come on to tell the entire globe that he was stepping out of the presidential elections. So what does this mean for the American population and the rest of the world? Well, the most simple answer I can give quickly before elaborating is the simple answer is now that he dropped out. The simple answer is now you have uh, former Vice President Joe Biden that will now become the Democratic nominee and will go against Donald Trump. And I've said this prediction a few weeks ago because based off Super Tuesday, which was the big result, Bernie Sanders was roughly around at least plus 300 behind Joe Biden. And <laughs> the funniest part is I've been on phone calls yesterday, messages, because I've been saying this to a lot of people. And I had some people that remembered saying, hey, you projected this a few weeks ago. I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just going off some realism here that what I saw. So at the end of the day, what this means for the American people is you now have a decision to make. We could see how in 2016, American decided they wanted Donald Trump as their president. But now what this means for the American people is people that are obviously really, there's a lot of people I've seen, they're really upset. They're really sad that Bernie again, the second time didn't make it, which I fully understand. But now what they should, American people should see is now, I think this is a good thing 
because now they're going to unify behind the Democratic Party. Because at first, this benefited Donald Trump because the Democratic Party was between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders arguing. So there was no unification. Now that Bernie Sanders dropped out, he's going to encourage all his supporters to go behind Joe Biden and they could be a sense of a very strong unity of a Democratic Party to beat Donald Trump. So what I could say to the American people right now is if you're really upset with Donald Trump and you wanted Bernie Sanders, make the decision. Vote for Joe Biden because you're going to have Bernie throw all his supporters at Joe Biden so we could see a potential new president in the coming months. That is true. So you're not advocating for Bernie Sanders to remain silent and let the uh, current president, Donald Trump, possibly win an election because of lack of voter interaction or voters speaking yes. up for Biden. But I think, I think Bernie Sanders will not be leaving, um, leaving the world or like departing forever because he has no. given so many Americans and world citizens hope. And this hope comes from the fact that he started a movement, a movement of progress, a movement advocating for many of the injustices in America, such as racial inequality, uh, a broken healthcare system, fighting yeah. climate change and he's he stood for peace and inspired so many such as myself to continue in this fight for humanity yeah. so to see him personally see him have left the the election was disheartening but i have hope yeah. that his his ideologies and his principles will carry forth to a stronger world in the future yeah. look sometimes at the end of the day you have to make sacrifices it's never the best thing you want to do you know Obviously, in his case, he never wanted to drop out. But if you look at the numbers, it was almost virtually impossible, as he mentioned in his announcement, to catch up to Joe Biden. So this, like I said, the sooner he did that, I think it's better because he's still sending this thing. You know, we are, our, our supporters were a strong unity together. So the fact that he now, Bernie Sanders, can push these supporters, and if he starts advocating and endorsing Joe Biden, you're going to get all those young voters that really like Bernie Sanders to hopefully increase voter turnout in American elections. They therefore give Joe Biden a better chance because how it works is if voter turnout, when there's less voter turnout, Republicans usually win. When there's more voter turnout, usually Democrats win. So you got now for America, for everybody listening, I really encourage you to vote because it's, I cannot stress it so simple. I always have my family, my friends, I'm always saying, please vote. It's so important to just go vote. Even if you think it doesn't make a difference, believe me, it does. So the sooner, if you all go, you reunite and go behind Joe Biden, and if more of you go out and vote, believe me, your voice will actually be heard and you'll hear a big difference and you could probably see a new president. That is true. But so now, even though Bernie Sanders will never be the president of the United States, he has truly inspired a generation. And one of yes. the main aspects of his campaign was focused on a healthcare system for all. So mm -hmm. what do you think about this, Michael? Like Canada has a healthcare system as well, but what do you think about the United States implementing a healthcare system that it will be open to all? Well, obviously, the most, the most simplest answer to that is I believe that's a really good idea. It's important. Look, we have here in Canada, we have public health. So anybody right now with like citizenship for here can go to see a doctor and all that for free. You know, there's obviously, at the end of the day, there's always implications. You know, there is problems with our healthcare system here. So if that healthcare system was to come out by Bernie Sanders, of course, there's going to be problems. There's going to be long waiting times. There's going to be delays of appointments. There's going to always be something like that. But the general concept of it is extremely important. And obviously, Barack Obama was pushing with that with Obamacare. And now since Donald Trump came, it kind of got a bit, everything got scattered. But at least in this case, with at least his general for healthcare for all, I believe that's really important because speaking as a Canadian, 
we have healthcare for all here. And I think that would be really important in the United States, who is arguably one of the most powerfulest countries in the world. So yes, I believe it was really important. But we'll see. Maybe Joe Biden might have some sort of policies. Maybe. I'm not sure. It obviously won't be as radical as Bernie Sanders, but maybe he will obviously probably implement some measures that could obviously help healthcare for American citizens. And so, Michael, you've stressed the importance of voting in the election process. But what happens yes. when you do not trust either of the candidates or you fail to see um, either of the candidates carrying out the objectives that they said they would continue to well, well, that's a really good question. And at the end of the day, especially, I'll, get, I'll always go back to the election of 2016, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. I considered it a double-edged sword election because you're either going to vote for a woman who has experience in the field but had a lot of corruption and scandals, or you vote for a businessman who has no experience and had a lot of corruption and scandals. So at the end of the day, it's a, I consider it a double-edged sword. Here, however, you could look at both these candidates, and if you want to assess them, it might be for certain people a lot easier now maybe to vote for Joe Biden because if you look at his record, you know, former vice president to Barack Obama and a lot of people like Barack Obama. So that might give a, a boost for Americans to go vote because you obviously had the Obama administration in charge while Joe Biden was vice president. So if he still goes to run, now Joe Biden, he's going to run. You could obviously, everyone will think about Obama in the times. Obviously, you know, there's not many people that liked Obama. There was people that liked Obama, yes. But at least by doing that, that's important. But yeah, like you said, if you're tossed up between the bulls, it's a really hard answer to give. I, I still think regardless, you need to vote. It's extremely important. But if you don't like any of them, you know, we could see in the American election, a lot of people voted at one point for Gary Johnson. A lot of people voted for Jill Stein, if I'm not mistaken, the Green Party. People at least still voted, but they voted in a different political party. But I still think, I mean, it's a really rough thing to say, but I know it's hard. But if you really have to choose between those two, at least choose one of them that you prefer rather than giving it to another vote. Like, yeah, it's better rather to at least abstain. give a vote than absta abstaining. And like I mentioned before, the more voters that go out to vote is a likelier chance of Democratic voters increasing. The less yes. people that go out to vote, we can look at the 2016 records. You can see how voter turnout was really low. And that just tends to happen in America. The voter turnout just continues to decrease. And that benefits Republicans. Same thing in Canada. It's common sense. The more... The less people that vote, the conservatives benefit. The less people that, the more people that vote, liberals benefit. That is true. And so, yeah. Michael, while we've already discussed that medicine is not immune to politics, what is the differences that medicine and politics have that make them very different spheres of, of life? Would you mind repeating that, please? So, while we know that medicine is not immune to politics, what mm -hmm. makes them different? What sets them apart to like keeps them separated so what's okay so basically what's the differences between medicine and politics yes uh, well i mean with common sense is obviously po politics they focus on all other spheres of government they focus on education they focus on the economy they focus on a lot of other aspects of pa passing bills whereas medicine you have most they're most importantly focusing on the healthcare system they're focusing on saving the lives of americans and canadians yeah. And you have them doing multiple testings and multiple screenings and multiple. And I think, I think a yeah. big difference lies in the fact that medicine is really evidence-based focused on like the objective research-driven experiments, whereas politics becomes more of a subjective field when you, when you head out as a politician yeah. to say yeah. is, is the evidence you set forth for your citizens to vote and hold you to yeah. those responsibilities that you state. Yeah. So, that is one difference that I 
see between politics and medicine, which, which really tie them together too, in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the same time, there's always differences that could bring similarities. You mentioned just before how there was a subjective versus objective. I yeah. could argue that both medicine and politics, they're both subjective and they're both objective. Because politics, you could argue, is very subjective. Because, yeah, they're doing their, you know, they're, they're talking about all these things and they're, you know, about them in the world. But at least objective-wise, you could see, like, when they're passing bills, when they're doing briefings and they're putting all these objectives in place, passing ventilators, passing masks, that's objective in politics. Yeah. And medicine, of course, is very objective because they're always doing these tests and they're, of course, saving lives. So, Michael, to viewers in, um, viewers of our audience, so those listening in, and those wanting to pursue a career in politics, what advice do you have for them? Um, just go where your heart desires, I would say, because at the end of the day, sometimes in the political world, it's a lot more about who you know than what you know. But the best thing I would say is just stay real with yourself. Like, if you're really powerful, like a strong stance on the, your liberal views, then stay with that. And I would also encourage, you know, get involved in your community. Um, I would obviously, you know, keep in touch, like on Twitter, keep following the news, post your opinions, post your beliefs and everything. Because at the end of the day, that's really important. Because at the end of the day, your voice is what matters because it's human life and you have the freedom of speech. So what I would encourage is just continuously communicating, continuously expressing your opinions, and you have every right to do so, whether it be Republican, whether it be Democrat, and I think, I think that's the beauty of living in a developed nation is that freedom of speech, because there are still countries around the globe where freedom of speech is not a human Limited. right. Or not even, yes, exactly. So, so we could be very fortunate here. And that's, because we're fortunate about this, not many people take it for granted. I encourage a lot of you to be involved in that. To I exercise that right. Yes. Absolutely. Just like yes. to vote. Yes, voting, please. Yes, voting. <laughs> so, Michael, how has the pandemic, COVID-19, reframed politics in medicine? Well, that's extremely important. I could also argue how it's reframed just regular citizens and humans right now with this whole thing going on. It's reframed politics because you could see now, at least when I'm watching these briefings, you could see how serious this is being taken and see how many measures and how many policies are being implemented, at least from Canada and from the United States, for sure. You can see how important right now the politicians are really putting all their eggs in their basket of medicine because they need to give all the money and all the support they can to at least, of course, save human lives. And of course, as you can see with politics, I'd also say it's important for humans as well. I would, I've noticed, you know, for example, my family, we're not really big on politics. But now, because of all this, I have a lot of my family that are constantly just watching the news, staying up to date with everything going on. And it's obviously not just my family. It's a lot of people now that maybe weren't so big on politics are now really looking at the news to see what's going on. So I think that's a good thing because everyone's now getting that sense of knowledge and sense of what's going on right now in our world. And they're getting a sense of at least a general political knowledge. You could see like how the premiers are doing better. You could see how the prime minister is doing a lot of measures. So a lot of people now who had no views or uh, political beliefs on which parties they support, now they might have answers to that question. So I think it's benefiting a lot of people. And especially now, the politicians are putting everything they can to help the medical field. So we could see how serious politicians are taking medicine right now. That is very true. And I think that is not only the case for Canada and the States, but across the world, countries yes. have had to come up and have opinions stated regarding the future of the country. Yes. So, um, 
so we basically there's no place for politics um, not existing in the world that we live in. Absolutely. And as we could go back to that quote I said at the beginning of this podcast, you could see how Rudolf Virchow said at the end of the day, politics is medicine on a larger scale. You could see how at this point, politics is controlling medicine from the upper scale where they're implementing policies, passing all these mask inventories, as I've mentioned millions of times. But we could see how important politics is in this role. Without, like I mentioned of my, my own quote, politics is medicine and medicine is politics. You can't survive if you're missing one of those factors. Therefore, if you're in medicine, you're basically in politics too. Yes. And if you're in politics, that means you're in medicine too. That is true. Uh, do you have any other questions for us, Michael? Well, not many more questions, obviously just more statements. Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you for having me on the podcast. As I mentioned earlier, everybody, if you have time, please subscribe, please follow to this podcast and please stay up to date with new episodes coming every few days, if I'm not mistaken. That's the first thing. And most importantly, after you listen to this podcast, I hope it gives everyone a general sense of understanding of what's going on right now. And at least my main messages, such as voting and paying attention to the news, apply that now and educate some people that you know right now that maybe don't have the knowledge that you might have just acquired. Keep encouraging people, keep spreading the message, keep staying up to date with the news, keep having your voice be heard. And most importantly, after all is said and done, please vote because at least now in America with an election coming up, your vote's really going to make a difference. So I thank you, of course, for having me on the podcast. It's a really great podcast. I really hope everyone watches it. And I really, hope, I really hope I'll be on here again in the future. Thank you so much, Michael, for reiterating no. the importance of action, political action in medicine and informing our viewers about how interconnected and integrated politics is with medicine. And this discussion was very educational, was very informative. And thank you for your expertise in electoral um, politics and election process that have made this discussion one to remember by PMED. And we hope to have you soon, back again, possibly hosting another season. Absolutely. Um, I would love to come back and post, uh, host many more episodes and all that. Just get, reach out to me, you have my information and everybody that enjoys this podcast today, if they really wanna see me back, I would definitely come back for future episodes. So thank yes. you again for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you, Michael. No problem. Thank you so much, Mr. Nudo, for joining me in conversation about the importance of action both in medicine and politics. I urge all listeners, whether it be medical students, physicians, leaders, to contact him for any questions. His email will be posted in the description below. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to like it and share it with your friends and family members. For further information, feel free to visit our website, The Pure Post, read our articles, and visit our merchandise at PureMed. The links are available in the description. We here at PureMed are ecstatic to bring you exciting new content, week in and week out. Don't forget to subscribe to stay updated. We cannot wait to see our new and familiar faces here back each episode. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe, stay healthy.